we're, we're experts on criticism. Oh my god, I accidentally blogged after a year of not blogging. About oh yeah, you want to talk about that? The whole lunch thing. Um, sure. Yeah, let's. Yeah, the response was a little crazy. I mean, that 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 was weird. And particularly on Hacker News, it was like, what what? All the I, I can I, I read your article and I can sort of see where they were. I mean, I'm not. They're they're wrong. To be clear, they're wrong. They're just wrong. Wrong. Just, <laughs> you're, you can't be pissed off about lunch. That's stupid. Yeah. But um, I can see where maybe they got the wrong idea because it was a little bit. It was badly written. Well, it was also no, just no, badly no. written. Was like, it? I don't think it was badly written. I yeah, think it was. Well, it came across. Well, it's weird because I'm much more evangelical than you. Like I just yeah. like you know this is the way. This is the way we're going. God wants it to be this way. We must do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't really do that as much as I do, but I think in that post you did kind of for some reason it came across that way which i i think it's awesome it's like you know you have a strong opinion and you know put it out there and you know but i think, I think uh, in this case the, the people that are shy were like oh my god you're gonna force me as a shy person to yeah. sit here and do this and that sucks and then they got all freaked out right right and and that that's what i meant by badly written which is that i just shouldn't have written it so that it was i mean it should have been clear that like, i'm not forcing anybody and that well there are two there's sort of two mitigating factors one is i'm not actually forcing anybody to come sit at the lunch table and, uh, oh, good, we're getting Scott. Uh, hello. Hello. That is Scott Hanselman. Oh, my God. I love you, too. We were just talking about how I came out of, uh, I came out of, um, retirement temporarily to write a blog post about how, how important lunch is to us. Here You're in the, retirement? Uh, well, I'm in blog retirement. I don't blog anymore. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um. That was something that I quit about a year ago, and the, oh, one, of the, one of the reasons I quit is because I kept posting things, and then they would get misunderstood by the goddamn peanut gallery. <laughs> Clearly, not your fault. Keep going. <laughs> this time, it was actually my fault because I had by the end of by the end of my tenure, my ten year tenure. Is that why it's called tenure? Because it's ten years. Could be. No. Um, by the end of that, <laughs> ask on English. That's the English. By the end of that period, I, I was such a defensive blogger that I, in order to write one sentence, I would have to write, I would have to couch it in four hundred paragraphs of. Now you're going to misunderstand this as X. Well, it's not X. It's Y. Or you know, for some people, you know, everything was was you know, I sort of had to hedge like crazy, and I had just sort of forgotten to do that this time. So I said, basically, we have lunch at Fall Creek, and we share our lunch with Stack Overflow, actually, in the same cafeteria, and it's awesome, mm-hmm. and it's non-negotiable. Having lunch together is just non-negotiable for me. It's, like, awesome. And mm-hmm. the only reaction I got was from the um, from the extremely shy people and the people, the self-described introverts, who said, are you kidding? You're going to force me to have lunch? That that would be, that would suck. Well, people don't like to be forced, forced to do anything. Yeah, but they weren't. No, nobody's forcing anybody to have lunch. We just serve lunch. You don't have to come. Anyway, well, it'll inevitably come up on their reviews. <laughs> well, it wasn't. <laughs> God, we don't have reviews. You're yes. antisocial. <laughs> Stop being so antisocial. And 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 the thing is, um, the truth is that everybody uh, at both of these companies, with maybe three or four exceptions, is pretty shy and pretty introverted, including myself, and. <laughs> And we still all enjoy lunch. And, and, mm. and really, I don't know of anybody. There might be somebody that I haven't noticed that just hides in their mm-hmm. office. But I don't know of anybody that doesn't come and enjoy it. And, and the other thing that, 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 uh, that the people didn't really, weren't really thinking about is that when you're working at Fog Creek, you're mostly sitting in your office. And then when you're mm. finished, you know, and you might have one or two, you know, interactions with people, uh, you know, in the morning. But mm-hmm. lunch is really the first time you actually get to see people. It's not like you're interacting with mm-hmm. people all day and lunch is your only. So it's a forced stand-up meeting with food. Ah, yes, it's a forced stand-up. No, except that we talk about sports and Barbie dolls and stuff. You don't talk about COVID So if you – let me ask you this. We, we have dinner, the family and I. Like when, yeah. when the wife and I – the wife and I are working on a book. We're not trying – we haven't figured out the title yet. It will either be called Geek Relationship Tips oh. or Marriage Hacks. Marriage. Wait, wait. Yeah. I got a title. I got a title. Okay. I got a title. It, Black hair. And anyway, no. so Black the wife hair. and I are working on a book, and one of the things we talk about is how we always have dinner as a family. Yeah. Are, is that what you're doing? Yes, exactly. It's that family feeling. It's the dinner as a – precisely right. that. Oh, my God, yes. Always have dinner as a family. Yeah, and would anybody say, oh, oh, I'm an introvert. Don't force me to have – I mean, that's just a teenager saying they don't want to have dinner with their family. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. Teenagers. I support you. Um, the 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 reception that Joel's talking about is on. I'm sure uh, producer Alex will, will link in the show notes. But Joel's original blog entry, and then on, it was discussed on Hacker News. I didn't see the Reddit discussion, but the Hacker News discussion was kind of insane. Yeah, 
because it just they read into it so much that like Joel I, as an introvert Joel is now going to force me into this social situation that's going to make me uncomfortable and how do people have the time to interact with these hacker news and reddit threads one thing one I can't tell the difference between hacker news and reddit and I wish I could had a oh, someone could make me a site that was yeah. like headed or reddit news or something where I could follow the, all the threads follow in one place but I mean honestly I'm trying to work <laughs> That- you know, I really feel it's important to – like someone Two said things. to me at a – I was at a conference in Belgium last week and this guy said, well, how are you so productive, Scott? And I'm like, well, I'm not watching TV all the time, right? I mean uh-huh. I balance production versus consumption. Right. And I just don't understand how people can spend an hour a day, two hours a day dicking around on Reddit. Well, they're not watching TV either. They're doing that instead of TV. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, production versus consumption. Like that's the the root of productivity is whether or not you decide consciously as a person, I am going to spend this percentage of my life producing, yeah, and this percentage of my life consuming. But we're, and, you're asking about the people that are typing comments on on Hacker News, so they're actually producing. Uh, no, but they're consuming a lot more. I mean, they're they they have to go and get the context and listen to the whole thing, figure out what the hell everyone's talking about, and participate. Yeah, that's kind of rare for them to actually read anything before they start Who typing. Has the I think energy? they're they're write only people. In those comment sections, and then read only people. Uh, uh, you know what I mean. And and uh, and and you know, Clay Shirky has the classic answer to this, which is, uh, I mean, Clay Shirky once had somebody from a television network or something say to him, "How does anybody have time to go to all these websites and the internet, consist of, you know, user generated content and contribute to Wikipedia and Stack Exchange and whatnot?" Although they didn't say Stack Exchange, I was putting that in there. And um, and Clay Shirky said, you of all people work for the damn television industry. I'll tell you how they have time. They used to spend seven hours a day watching television. And now they spend six and a half. And that gives them, you know, nine billion extra person really? years. I mean, when you add it up for everybody, the yeah, amount of time true. that people have to, to, to contribute or whatever. But I think that people have like a limited amount of c- creative work that they can do in a day before they just get fried you know they hit the wall and they're like you know i just need to sit and be entertained well also publicizing yeah, yeah is, i guess but i like to i like to mix it up i mean that's why right, like we, right. rob connery and i started a second podcast that's extremely different than the first podcast because oh, yes. it's a different we don't get we don't like i don't get burned out on Hanselman it's and then go ah, i don't want to go do this developer's life because it's a totally different thing interesting so we were just talking about this developer's life tell us tell us a little bit about uh about that and uh and rob rob's uh, excellent uh um, Ira Glass imitation that he does for an hour every week. I'm trying to get him to stop pronouncing his L's, but <laughs> I'm not willing to uh, listen to Larry. It. What does he do? Pronounce his L's. Do it for me. What do you mean? Give me an example. Well, I mean, like, like, like there's this whole class of, of, of person out there who's like in radio or TV like Tom Brokaw that mm-hmm. just can't yeah. pronounce their L's, but somehow they have a 30-year career in radio. Oh, I see. You know, like, like you know, listen, Larry, really, you know, unable to pronounce my L's and... <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that's okay. You know, um, I mean, with all yeah. due respect to people with speech impediments, seriously, you can't pronounce your L's. You need to think about another career. I think what he's doing, what Ira Glass does, is he speaks very fast, and he makes makes up for it by using longer pauses between sentences. Yeah, the dramatic pauses. So it's very what I think st- of. staccato. It's, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't change but, the fact that he's not pronouncing it, L's. But it was, but it was, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> that was a good one, Joel. But it was, yeah. it was, so uh, anyway. this developer's life, I was telling Joel, I, I, I like it. I think it's a, it's a neat format. It works well. Um, I appreciate Thank that you. you guys are doing something different there, and um, yes, and also it's, it's we're a podcast to our reason. listeners. Well, it uh, was good. Yeah. So this developer's life is an uh, homage. Yes. And and it's an homage in that it is a complete ripoff of uh, this American Life, which right. is unquestionably the number one podcast on the planet and has been for something like five years. Yeah. Um, and it is a stories about people and, uh, rather than doing interviews, we do stories. So we'll do, and we'll do one, our thing is we do one word. So like criticism, an entire show on criticism. Yeah. Uh, or uh, we, we actually, we have a show right now. Actually, Jeff, we, we did a, we did a show about, you know, the crashing and stuff on Stack Overflow and then uh, you took the wind out of Rob Connery's sails. He he emailed me kind of apoplectic and sad that you went and posted about the Chaos Monkey. So now he feels like we don't have a show. What? Well, you the went Chaos and you Monkey posted all like about one... effectively. That's, the essentially, of our show. that's what happens. They're, like, killing our show. Now you just tell oh, Rob. 
that that's exactly that's what always happens. dramatic as usual. This American <laughs> Life always has a show, and the New York Times figures out what they're going to do and does a big old Sunday magazine piece about it right before and takes the wind out of their sails. And that happens every three weeks to This American Life. So it's yeah, we're it's sad. just a I mean, part. He's, he's totally like bummed out. You need to call him a, and tell him it's going to be okay. Part It's a part of being <laughs> Ira Glass is that there's always some kind of New York Times there. Right, right. Trying to scoop your scoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tragic. Well, I don't I think it's a huge deal. I think but it's that, actually – it, it, it creates more interest for the show and gets you more viewership because it makes the subject matter yeah. about that. So it's actually a good thing. Well, that's assuming well, anyone I mean, reads Jeff's blog though. Yeah. But that's 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 also like – it's a very different format. First of all, it's not just me. It's like many other members of the team. I'm like sort yeah, of yeah. A, a peripheral character of that story. I mean mm. – I, I don't know. It's a totally different factor. What, what was the story? Oh, I, well, we're not allowed to talk about it here because that would really be. <laughs> yeah. Then no, that's okay. You know, no one listens to this show either, so it's okay. Okay. Oh no! <laughs> the story was basically about um, with the time that Stack Overflow went down, and how did you guys deal with that emotionally? I think we were going to call the show Crisis. Wait, Stack Overflow went down. It was when yeah, the data here. Uh, when we were back in the Oregon data center and they switched off the power. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually did get hit yeah. by it. Yeah, yeah. So we thought that'd be really cool. So we did this really great show awesome. where we interviewed everyone and Dalgas and everyone like talked about their feelings, right? And it was like, what? Do you, how did you feel? You know, and and then we kind of like built it up because Jeff was asleep or something, or the legend was that Jeff was asleep. In fact, I guess he was at a conference. But everyone's like, what are we gonna do before Jeff gets up? You know, <laughs> we don't want him to kill us all. <laughs> uh, and they're dead now. Yeah, and they are in fact uh, they were killed. So when yeah. is that, uh, that that that'll be your uh, t- uh, one point or two point oh point two episode of this developer's life? When is that coming out? I just want to. Um, I'm not sure. We it. have to we have to go and edit. It's all raw right now, but I have yeah. to talk Rob Connery down from the ledge, uh, so he'll go and help me edit the show. Otherwise, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll do another one. Okay. So anyway, thisdeveloperslife.com. Yeah, I would encourage people Absolutely. to check it out. I mean, I don't. Everyone's always kind of pimping their show on other shows, but I really think we've got something special. Um, it's it's not a technology show. Right. Spouses and wives are listening to it, and are um, it is a technology show about the emotions around programming, and it's it's good. We really think we got something special, so we're going like to keep that. doing it until we get bored with it. Well, you're going to run out of uh, emotions, but I still don't see righteous indignation. So you have quite a quite a while. Ooh. We need to do a show called Indignation. That's almost like a series. That's going to come after like Simulacrum. A... Yeah. <laughs> That's the word of the show, Simulacrum. It is. So what else? What other stuff have you been up to, Scott? I mean, what's like top of mind for you at the moment? <sighs> what's top of mind? So um, I've been traveling a lot and trying to convince people that I don't travel that often. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in... Well, you work from home for the most part, don't you? Um, I mean, for the most part, but but I um, I've had this kind of weird travel sickness cyclical thing going on um, where I went to Belgium and I got sick and I came back with pneumonia and then I was still sick and then I went to Austin and I lost my voice and I came back and then I had like this super pneumonia killing drug and then uh, went back to I just got back from Belgium and Holland again last week. And was like, my back was out, and it was just like a whole old man thing. My back was out, I had no voice, my right ear is clogged, it's just cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. All the while, I try to convince my family I don't travel that often, even though I've been on the road two weeks this month. <laughs> and and your family presumably has noticed that you're not in, 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 in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like when the three-year-old jumps on, he's like, Daddy's home! What did you bring me? What did you bring me? <laughs> um, yeah, mm-hmm. they have noticed, but I'm out there. I'm out, I'm out there spreading the good word. And I'm trying to actually mess with Microsoft by inventing marketing messages without talking to marketing. Yeah, you can always you can you can do that. You know why? Because the marketing people are not that smart. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. I I could say that you got to now. Now they're going to say, "Why didn't you defend us?" <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I always used to mess with the not so smart people at Microsoft too. I got a lot of. I, there was a long period of time. I mean, I wasn't at Microsoft for very long, but there was a long period of time where a large group of people didn't didn't screw with me because they thought I knew Bill Gates personally. Ooh, and um, and it was simply because I had. I had worked in Redmond and, and was now working in the New York office, and a group of people just weren't quite sure if maybe I knew Bill Gates. So they didn't want to really mess with me because they thought I 
I should do that. I should do that. So I had this sort of weird magical kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we do have this. We do have this thing called executive air cover. You know about this? Yeah, it, that's it. Executive air cover. Right. So, so like Scott Goo just announced that that he was moving over to Azure. Right. And everyone was freaking out because they're like, "Well, what am I going to lose my executive air cover?" Is that is that a? I mean, that that's been shown as a big thing, but is that? Scott, Scott moving on to Azure. No, that it's not a big sense. deal. I mean, we're we're basically merging with Azure. Okay. So ASP.NET, IIS, everyone's all going over to Azure with him so that basically all of the server-side web tool angle bracket generating technologies are in one place. Okay, but this is just a reorg. This isn't really no, a, any kind it's of, not a, of a deal. I mean, yeah. it's a good thing in the sense that Scott's going to you know, start chopping heads off and stuff. Oh, okay, well, that's always a good thing. You know, I want to mean chopping heads off. I don't mean like firing people. I mean like just getting everything aligned so that these all these tools look the same and act the same and work well. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do his goo magic. Mm-hmm. But I still work for him and everyone still works for him and I still have executive air cover. Okay, good. So I'm happy about that. Excellent. But importantly, um, while I'm sitting here, I'm putting together a uh, NAS. And I know that, that Jeff loves these kinds of things. Wait, what is it? A NAS, network attached storage. Oh, network attached storage. Okay, like NAS, the wrapper. You're actually yeah. making it yourself. I'm assembling NAS right now. Um, I use my uh, my uh, home theater PC for that. The one that I actually re- blogged about recently. Um, mm. I got it down to 17 watts on idle finally, with a actually the the power usage is so low I had to go to a laptop style power supply, the kind of with the brick. <laughs> it turns out those are much more efficient at very low voltages. Um, but yeah, I just I just slap like one terabyte laptop drives there. I think it has two point five terabytes of storage because it's always on. It's the only machine in the house that's always on. I guess mm-hmm. except for the one that I'm using when I'm up. So, but yeah, no, I, I the principles are great, and you still use uh, Windows Home Server, right? The no, always... so that's the issue. My home server is dying. Oh, dying. It is, do they it still is make those? Unhealthy. Do they still make those? Or yeah, they do. Yeah. So the problem is they removed. Um, What's it called? They removed Drive Extender. Drive Extender is the technology that's like RAID, but it doesn't care about the size of the drive. Oh, okay. The RAID, of course, requires everything to be the same size, and Drive Extender right. doesn't. So I can just put in one, two, one and a half, and they all merge together into one big drive. Yeah. So to a lot of people, that feature was Windows Home Server. What about um, Drobo's, for example, or any of that? I mean, these days you can just buy appliances that do this and so, don't have any So you, you would think. So yeah. I went down to the Mac store and I bought a Drobo and I plugged it in and I bought four two-terabyte Seagate green drives and I plugged them in yeah. and it was awful. The, the Drobo, it was like downloading files over Zmodem. Yeah. It was so it was slow. slow. Really? It was unbearably slow, unacceptably slow. I was getting like 15 megabytes a second. And are you using the USB or the FireWire version? I was using internal SATA. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was and it was, and it was the specifically it was the Drobo FS with gigabyte uh, gives me gigabit Ethernet. Uh huh. And I was getting 15 uh, megabytes a second, and that's unacceptable because my home server is like three years older than the Drobo, and it gets regularly 60 to 70 megabytes a second. That's weird. I wonder why people... Yeah. Uh, hmm. So I took it back. Well, if you look online, if you dig around, people people feel very strongly about the Drobo. They either love it or they think it's crap. Yeah. So if you don't care about performance, I'm sure it's lovely. Yeah, I so think I, that's... I, the people that are doing huge media things, like, like video and stuff like that, um, I mean, I'm sure they're not happy with the performance, but they just need a gigantic drive that's plug and play. Yeah. Uh, well, you so, can get three terabyte drives now. So, I mean, you only need two of those to have... At least a three terabyte like mirror or whatever. Yeah. Well, so I bought a Synology yesterday, and it just came in the mail about an hour ago. So I'm putting it together right now. Cool. Synology Synology disk station, and I'll have an eight terabyte array. Now, does this do internal RAID? Is this like a Drobo in the sense that it's you plug the drives in? It's a it's a device that that has power and has mm-hmm. a CPU or something inside, but it's just an appliance yes. that you plug drives into. It is a big, heavy appliance about twice the size as a loaf of bread. It has five. Uh, internal SATA, four USB, mm-hmm. and two eSATA, uh, and you plug in anything of any size, and it automatically raids it. Oh, nice. And what kind of performance? Because I agree with you. Like, if you're going to have, say, the three terabyte drive I talked about, 
if the performance isn't good, like you'll never, I mean, you'll right. fall asleep while pulling you'll never use it off of it. Yeah. So yeah. the reason I got this was, uh, A, it is rock solid. The thing is built like a tank. And two, it has dual channel gigabit, so it will actually do linking. It'll, it'll actually oh, nice. push more than gigabit. So you can plug, I have a very, I have an entire, my entire house is gigabit ethernet. It's all cat six. And it's all wired. I don't believe in wireless. And um, I can push, you know, 100 megabytes a second over this thing. And now I can push 200 because I'm going to be doing dual channel. I've got a, a, a industrial class, business class switch that'll do 24 gigabits a second. And now I've got a disk that is uh, going to keep up with me. Now, when you say nice. you don't believe in wireless, I mean, I use wireless on my iPad and stuff, but I don't okay. believe wireless in the sense of if you're going to copy anything over a couple of hundred megs, uh-huh. you need it over a wire. So I have yeah. everything wired everywhere in the house. Hmm. Wireless is yeah. useful only for browsing. Right. Yeah, for, for large files, I mean, that's yeah. really true. Particularly yeah. when we start getting into, you know, high def video and stuff like that. It's just so painful. I don't know. I sit fun. there, I have like a little $100 Roku box that's connected wirelessly and I watch high def video and it's streamed live. I mean, that's pretty darn good. I work yeah, a lot with VHDs and stuff, and I'm always moving files of five to twenty gigs. And I just, yeah, I guess I if you're actually moving stuff. files and you're waiting for it to move, that's different than yeah. I just need but the video to stream in real time. Even on wire, yeah, even on wireless, I've got um, wireless N. So I'm doing the is it two or three gigahertz wireless? Mm-hmm. So I, I get. Let me see what my wireless speed is right now. My here, I'm on my wireless N right now, and I'm at three hundred megabits. So that's that's reasonable, but still, that's only thirty megabytes a second. Well, that's also, I mean, kind of optimistic. I mean, the actual rated speed it never actually achieves. I mean, I've I've had tests where I sat right next to the the, the wireless access point transferred <laughs> files, and it still was so slow. In, you know, in practice, I get twenty five megabytes a second, which is about two hundred and fifty ish megabits a second on my wireless N, because I bought a really I did a lot of research and I bought a really nice router with a super booster kind of thing. And, and how close are you when you get that? I mean, I am that 30 feet away from it. Okay. That's about right. That's fair. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you, Scott. I got two sure. questions for you, Scott. This is, this is going to be so boring to our, to our podcast listeners. Are we changing topics now? A, a little bit. The first one okay, is, well, let me um, just tell you that I got a Netgear N 600 if anyone cares. Oh, all right. I'll put that in the show oh. notes. Thank you. Uh, question number one. Um, you said that Microsoft is using some kind of a panorama 360 rotating camera on the on the conference room tables. Uh-huh. We use a round table, yeah. How does that work? It's pretty easy. It's just five webcams that are all stitched together with a parabolic mirror. Uh-huh. And uh, then they turn into one 360-degree panorama that's actually done as a 180-degree parabolic. So it figures out who's talking and then shows you that slice of the... Well, that's secondary. So there's okay. two there's two things. When you plug a roundtable, it automatically shows up as a regular webcam. Oh, okay. It has an so array of microphones in a circle, uh-huh. and it knows where you are in the room because it can hear you talking. And then it will pick a normal 640 by 480 square that represents where you are. And that square may come from any of the five but it's not just picking amongst the five pictures. Right, right. I got it. it it's stitching them together stitched, yeah. and then from the band picking one. And it uses the microphones just to decide who's talking. It's not It's not actually using the microphones as an input or, I mean, it probably Sure it is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. The microphones are also input. And are they high enough quality to be like a, like a Polycom microarray quality? It is a Polycom device. It is, it is I think Polycom makes it. Oh, well, that explains they're it. Like, they're like two or three grand. Really? That's expensive. Okay. And can I plug it into Skype? That was my last question. It's, not that expensive. Yeah, you can plug it into Skype, but you won't get par- you won't get the giant para- parabolic thing. You'll just get the currently speaking person. Oh, that's okay. Um, second question. Is what? this something you would recommend, Scott? I mean, have you been impressed with the point that you would say, hey, go out and buy this. This is really cool. It's worth... Yeah, absolutely. I ha- We have one. We have several, actually. I mean, Microsoft's got one on every floor in every building now. Mm-hmm. But for my own personal thing, I use a Cisco UMI. You also have the mobile Hanselman platform, as I recall. I don't know if that's yeah, I've around. got a I've got a little robot that we push around, and then I've got an <laughs> Umi, which is a the Umi actually is better, way way better. If you want to like high quality, uh-huh. the Umi is effectively streaming Blu-ray. 
Huh. Well, we should we should consider setting that up for our. We do occasionally have these board meetings in there, sort of. Well, I'll tell you, man. 1080p at 30 frames a second is <laughs> producer Alex so, is already so much different than a webcam. Uh, yeah. Cool. We'll check that. So, Umi, U M. What how did you? U M I. I've blogged about it. I think they're okay. being discontinued. Oh. It's basically Cisco's telepresence system, except oh, the consumer it's a, version. It's a consumer telepresence. Yeah, we, yeah, we were actually talking about getting one of those for the podcast. Oh, okay. So the audio on an Umi is ass. Oh, it's so bad that we actually call in over a phone and then mute the Umi. <laughs> wow, that's really yeah, bad. Yeah, it's night. It's nightmarishly bad. I blogged all about this. It's a shame now that you read my blog. We do, we do. It's just so much useful information there that the new uh, stuff comes in and it pushes the stuff off of the little platform in our head where we store Scott Hansel and stuff. Tragic. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the Yumi is video wise is, is epic, but I use a polycom for the sound. Okay. Cool. Right. Okay. I think that was my question. What's your yes. other question? I can't remember. Cool. You had two questions. I don't. You don't remember? Yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about Stack Exchange. Okay. Well, I have I have two things, things, two things I want to talk about. Um, let's start with actually mechanics.stackexchange. Oh yeah, car, there are car mechanics, auto mechanics slash uh, stack exchange. Yeah, it's for you know gearheads, yeah. for people that are into cars and you know working on cars and fixing automobiles and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know much about it because I'm not really a car guy. Like nope. I don't really even want to own a car. I kind of have to. I need to go places, but if I didn't need that, if I was in New York City, I would absolutely ditch the car, for example, with not a, not a second of hesitation. Um, but one thing I was noticing about that site and sites like it is that the car, I think car enthusiasts tend to really rally around brands and stuff. Like, you know, it's not like I'm, it's rare to meet somebody that's just like, I love all cars. It's more like you'd meet somebody that says, you know what, I'm, I love Subarus. I'm the Subaru guy. Subaru, Everything I own Subaru? is Subaru. I have a Subaru tattoo, you know. Subaru? Really? I don't know. I'm just picking a brand at random. Jeep, whatever Jeep. works for you. Wrangler. Um, and if you go to the communities online, like I was doing some searches. I was actually trying to answer, well, experimentally, trying to answer some questions on mechanics just to see if I could. Mm-hmm. I, I decided that I couldn't because I had no basis of knowledge to even no. begin answering. But <laughs> as I did these searches, all the hits that you get are very, very brand specific. If you get hits, it's from people talking on, you know, the Ford Audience. Ranger forums, you know. Yeah. You don't really find a lot of general car. That's interesting. You know, well, hangouts. There may... I wonder if that was like okay. Try to draw parallels between like say the Java people and the Python people. I think the programmers actually seem to have more in common because it's just easier to move from languages. Like I can install, you know, I can have Java and Python running. I can, you know, in two different windows on my PC. But in order to be a Ford enthusiast and a Subaru enthusiast, I need to buy two vehicles. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> or right? be an actual. That's mechanic. a little bit a bigger ask. Or be a mechanic. Yeah, or, or I guess be a mechanic and work on tons of different vehicles. But even well, then, yeah. you probably have a favorite. Like, there's a reason you're there in the room, you know. And, well, I mean, the, the biggest problem is that people are not online when they're, when they're mechanics. They're, they're in, yeah, they're, they've so. got the hood up, and then they're got all covered with grease. Well, and I also ask, we, we've been doing this thing at Stack Exchange where we've been trying to ask friends and potentially relatives, although I prefer friends because the whole family thing makes it weird, and have them go to a Stack Exchange site and sort of, try it and tell us what they think and this friend of mine was actually he's in he's been into cars forever and uh he actually to his credit did go to mechanics he actually went there posted and checked it out and gave me one piece of actionable feedback which was awesome that's all that i asked uh but then he was talking to me i was like well where else do you go online and he's like okay i go here 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 and he had written these incredibly long being a friend of mine he's obviously very obsessive like me and he had written these incredible how-to's about these very specific things with tons of pictures about how to make this mod to your car. Hmm. Um, but again, it was very brand-specific, and it was on a brand-specific forum where people hang out. It's like, we're here because we love you know, Subaru. Brand? Subaru, yeah. really? You keep bringing and he pointed Subaru. to, well, insert whatever you like there. You know, Rolls well, Royce, I guess I don't know. the Subaru doesn't really strike me as the kind of car that people get excited do, about. Do you own a car? Yes, yeah, uh, I do. Did, uh, you guys no, no, not you. Joel. I have a Wrangler, Jeep Wrangler. I thought people in Manhattan don't own cars. Yes. Uh, well, I do, and I use it for, for chilling the dog around, and it's all full of dog airs. I see. So I, I was really struggling with, you know, if this friend of mine, I don't think he would participate, because, again, he's just, he's very, very avid, uh-huh. but only to his specific brand. 
you know, and, and the modifications he was making were very, very. I mean, you may be right that 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 uh, you know we're, we're trying to find. I, I think probably the number one thing in creating a community is is getting a group of people that are passionate. You can't get a group of people that are like, eh, yeah, I like that, <laughs> or I could take that or leave it. Yeah, you know, they have to be in some way passionate. And I think Stack Overflow might possibly be the exception because we're getting people at work doing work on the computer. Right? They don't have to be passionate. They just have to well, need to do work. And I think you're right. Programmers are mechanics in a way, right? We're fixing programs, right? We're creating and fixing. We're also creating them, which is a different yeah. thing. But but it's I like mean, right over there in the next the, window. So but most of the code you write is like maintenance code, right? I mean, there's been whole studies about this. Like the I, idea that you sit there and write, like I'm going to write thousands of lines of new code, just doesn't really happen. At you work. you do spend two thirds of your time editing and 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 deleting and at least so well, I think it's configuring. Fair to say, yeah. Programmers are mechanics to some degree, but I think it's just the the physical world and the, and the virtual world. There are not. Maybe that's what you're getting at, Joel. So it's well, not. Yeah. The best well, thing. like imagine that. Remember the old days where you would uh, you would write your code at home on these large pads with a pencil, and then you would bring it in the next day to the computer center, and there was a card punch machine, which is offline, and you would punch your code from the pads onto the cards, and then you take your cards out of the hopper and feed them into the machine, and the next day you would have your printout showing what was on your cards, and a syntax error line one, and that would be the end of that. I think it is fair to say that neither Jeff nor myself remember those days. Well, that's what it was like when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you program. And if that were the environment where, or I guess what I'm saying is if the environment is that you had to program separately from where Stack Overflow was, like if you had to, you weren't allowed to use Stack Overflow at work, so you had to go home and, and hang out with it, I don't think it would work. Nobody would use it. So, Or essentially, if you're sitting there being a chef and you're in the kitchen and you're up to your arms in baking soda or whatever it is that chefs get up to their arms and you know you're, you got your, your flour all up to your elbows and stuff like that and your fingers are sticky and um, there's tomato seeds spilling you're not on the computer you're 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 cooking and then to actually then say all right you just spent four hours doing the thing you love cooking and now you're done with that and you've taken a shower and you got it all cleaned up you sat down at your computer is that really the first website you're going to go to the one where you ask questions about cooking or uh, maybe maybe you super love it so there's sort of a difference between the pros, I guess, in the fields that aren't computer-based and the enthusiasts. So maybe like our mechanics site is always going to have to be for the people that really well, want to be. Well, don't the mechanics listen to car talk and they do that offline? They do that later when they're not being a mechanic? Um, maybe. I do. Mechan You're not a mechanic. Uh, let's oh. say that I'm someone who knows how to change the oil in my car. Therefore, I'm a mechanic. But I also uh, well, we're like trying to, not to drive my car and listen to car talk, which is effectively an offline scenario. Yeah. Yeah, because you're enthusiastic enough about cars to listen to. And uh, there was a well, very, site for is very, not very really long, for you. For a very long time, people used blogs like, um, and blog readers like Feed Demon and offline features mm -hmm. to read blogs offline while they were on their, in their commute back when the world wasn't a giant Wi-Fi cloud. Yeah. And that was also doing the thing that I am interested in while offline. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is, and, no, there is and some if you're enthusiastic. And consistently I hear people saying that they wish that there were offline clients for Stack Overflow. And it's not that there's not an API for it. It's just that Stack Overflow moves too fast. Oh. The whole kind of like answer a question in one minute culture prevents people from needing or wanting an offline client. This is just like why no, no, you know, very few Twitter clients really advertise the fact that you can queue up a tweet. <laughs> I have seen that. that. In fact, I do point. remember that being a... A marketing point for one of these Twitter clients. It's like, give up a tweet. Right. Well, Offline Twitter we'll... support. That's great. Connect, disconnect from the cloud and tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's like going to the library and reading the New York Times and microfilm. Like, we've got it, you know, <laughs> we've got every episode of the, every issue of the New York Times up to three years ago. So, Joel, I that think sounds... you, another way to look at what you were saying is, like, can you participate in a window? Like, in other words, on your computer, you have a large monitor. Okay. In one window, you have X, where X is whatever it is you do uh -huh. professionally. Yeah. And then in the other window, you have a relevant Stack Exchange site. It doesn't have to be a Stack Exchange site. It could be whatever, a forum. It doesn't matter. Some other site where you participate professionally about that topic. So, for programmers, obviously, this is true, right? Yeah. Here's my Visual Studio or Emacs window, and here's my Stack Overflow window. Yeah. Certainly for sysadmins, for power users, for anything, yeah. you know, computing and IT E. Yeah. That's true. But then you start Apple. getting into mechanics where it's like, okay, I'm working on, you know, the sixty nine VW bug in my backyard and I got my iPad right here. 
you know, <laughs> with my greasy finger. Yeah, yeah. I think that is something that completely... I don't completely... think that's going to work. Right, right. That, I mean, that, I think that massively, like that friction of going from to the real world, you know, between the real world and 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 the stack the stack exchange is must be the reason why all the stack exchanges that are for offline subjects are relatively quiet. Well, you know what I noticed though, actually, I, Joel, you've mentioned DIY.stackexchange a couple times. You've, yeah, you've been, and it, it's actually a great site. It's a, sort of our Super canonical example of a site that's small but like really high quality. Like it's it's really doing a great job of adding yes. good useful content to the world which that is, is awesome the, yeah, it's called home improvement it's the url is diy.stackexchange.com and it's just yeah. all kinds of you know home repair kind of questions and it's got some really nice high rep users that are very avid and it's not a huge community but it's working right so this is why we started stack exchange to do stuff like that and i noticed that joel has been i happened to click on your profile joel and i've asked like one question there was about doors that stick some really dumb question because that's all i got i don't do <laughs> i do some stuff but i, I suck and uh, joel has asked like a bunch of questions he's yeah. been, Pretty heavily participated in the site. I was very Five. impressed, Joel. Carried away here, <laughs> but still, that's 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 substantial yeah, yeah. for that site. And that's another example of an offline site. Like I don't, you're not going to work on. For example, I actually have a problem with one of our toilets. That I need to work on it. I know how to do it. I've done it before. It's just, but it's not something I'm going to keep Stack Exchange open on my iPad while I do it. <laughs> Why not? That's another example. No, hang on a second. That's an interesting offline. point, though, because I do that. I, I I will, you know, open up cooking applications and use the iPad to cook with. For cooking, that's possible. Is it just uh, recipes? You're just following a recipe? or uh... No, I mean, any recipe. I I don't see it as being unreasonable for him to have the iPad open while he's on the toilet. I mean, he already poops with the thing anyway. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) You know, I mean, like yesterday I was – this is nasty, but if we can't talk about it on Stack Exchange Podcast, when can we? Um, I've got a sinus infection, so I learned how to use a neti pot, right? So I had my neti pot, and I'm doing a sinus flush. And I've got my iPad there with a video of a chick doing a, uh, a sinus flush. If she was not there, I probably would have drowned. <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, never mind. Oh, wouldn't you watch no, that? You know first? what I'm saying? I mean, you can just go watch a video on YouTube and then go. Uh, go no, I want to. I want to see exactly how to do it right. All right. All right. Yeah. So, but you could. That's a good point. You could use your phone, or you could use, you know, a device-like computer. There, you know, there definitely. Laptops are awkward. Yeah, there definitely might be fields where mobile interfaces are far superior to using your desktop for for Stack Exchange type things. For example, um, if we ever had a site for you know identifying uh, flora, you know, where it's a site where it's like take a, you would take a picture yeah. with your iPhone Online picture, absolutely, uh, and say what what flowers it is and and how can I kill it because it's getting in the way of my grass. No, that's a there great a idea. A great There's idea. a gardening proposal that's probably going to go in the next few months. Yeah. Just in time for summer. Well, in this hemisphere. Well, the iPad uh, so, is just a portable monitor anyway. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Like, I, I think kind of, computing yeah. is becoming very pervasive. That's like, I, I sort of have mixed feelings about the iPad, but I think it's inevitable in the sense that, you know, computing is becoming a device game. It's very, it's like the Xboxization of computing. It's just inevitable. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, Joel, even as a mechanic, you could have a ruggedized iPad that you would literally, you know, sure. as you do stuff, refer to it. And it, it wouldn't be that crazy of an idea as it used to be, say, 10 years ago. So, I mean, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, voice recognition is getting better. I mean, if you had like an Android tablet type device, you could use a little voice recognition box to, to ask your question. And I mean, even as a geek, dull. it's like, you know, with, with the really good smartphones, it's like I'm, I'm always, you know, one click away from the Internet now. That wasn't true, mm-hmm. gosh, five years ago, was it? Barely? I'm always embarrassed when I'm like sitting on the couch and I've got my iPhone in my hand and the laptop on the coffee table. And I'll be browsing the internet on the iPhone because it was in my hand <laughs> and not on the nice. coffee table. I got to lean forward and pick that thing up from the coffee table, open it, nice. and wait for it to boot up. Well, if anyone listening is a, a gearhead or or into you know home improvement, then check out mechanics.stackexchange and DIY.stackexchange. And, and particularly with mechanics, I'm curious. It's still a youngish site, so if you have any feedback about how we should be doing that or what we could do better there, um, I'm always happy to hear that. Um, the other thing I had on my list that I want to talk about is this process of flagging that we've really enhanced over the last, gosh, four months. Um, so flagging, this, the simple example of flagging is sort of like on Craigslist. It's like, how is Craigslist moderated? Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody, Craigslist is kind of like the wild, wild west. Well, the way it's moderated is basically users on the site will see something bad and they'll click a, a button that says flag this as yeah. spam or promotional or some, something's wrong with it. 
Um, and we added that, but we we only, we did a very limited amount of things with it initially. Um, we weren't using it as heavily as we could, but now we've adopted this model of uh, sort of the more you flag, there's like a feedback cycle. So if you flag something, say you see something that's uh, the, the the really common example is somebody a new user on our site will put in a question as an answer, like they're just they're a newbie, they don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> they go into a question and they'll answer it. I'm using air quotes here. Answer it with like, their oh, own I'm question. having this problem. I'm having this I other have this problem. problem too. And then this happens and this happens and how do I fix it? And yeah. we're like, okay, that's not an answer. That's 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 a question, know. right? And, and 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 if we were in a small town like uh, uh, what's yeah. what's the one that the with OP? one of black, yeah, that one. What's the name <laughs> of that Scott, help us out here. What's the oh, name of the Ron town? Howard is the child. What is it? Mulberry, what? Mayberry. Mayberry. Thank you. Okay, if we were in Mayberry, <laughs> oh we would then God. hold that user's hand. We would say, oh look. You know, you got to ask a question here. Come over here, and I'll explain this to you. We'll have a little, we'll have a chat. We'll have a cup of tea, and we'll discuss how we can, you know, Stack Overflow can really help you as a user. Uh, that's fine when you're a small site, but now we're like, literally, like New York City. We're we're enormous. Mm -hmm. Like we we cannot help every user. Like I mean, we do what we can. Like there have to be, there has to be automated, right? Like there has to be tools that tell you what to do. So in this case, we would delete that answer because it's not an answer, yeah. and the uh, the user can see that it's been deleted. It will actually show up to them in the deletion color, which is like a reddish-purple. And there will be a little link that says, why was this removed? See the fac, right? That's what we have for now. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's not that I hate our users. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to help users. It's just, you know, we have New York City problems. New York City. Um, of, of scale. And, I like to uh, think of them as Chicago scale problems. New York is a, like a lot of Or Chicago. Houses. Whatever big city works for you uh, is fine with me. Um, but this might also get flagged. The reason a moderator would know about this is because uh, it would get flagged by a user. Now, when we clear that flag and we actually delete that post, there's now a feedback loop. And we have something called flag wait. If you go to your Stack Overflow profile right now, either one of you, you can see um, you'll see a field called flag wait. Flag wait. This is it. actually a public field, so other people can see this. Oh, is this uh, Stack Overflow above only? The default. Now we 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 don't show no it's everywhere we don't show it if it's at the default because then it's not meaningful it's like okay well you have it's default right. flag weight you haven't done I any keep flagging. getting this it doesn't... I keep getting a necromancer badge every time I show up I get a necromancer badge <laughs> that means you answered that means. okay so Hold I'm on, on my site where am I looking for this on your user page it should be in the left hand column under your your top three oh is it top three percent overall no that's something what else. do you that's mean now, top six percent. Right. Where well, does it say I, flag weight? We don't have it, it dude. Hold on. It, it won't say anything if you have default flag weight, meaning you haven't ever flagged anything and it hasn't oh, defaulted. I don't have to become I'm a moderator. I just delete things. <laughs> I don't need to flag. Right. And, and that's fine, but we just Why didn't want to show like a default something. value for thousands and thousands of user pages because okay. who cares? So if you were to flag something, um, and you shouldn't, Joel, as a moderator, because strange things will happen if you do that. <laughs> But, uh, Scott, as a regular user, if you were to flag something and then have it uh, get followed up on and, and a moderator sees and said, this was a valid flag, I then delete this answer, your flag weight then increases. Now, here's what happens when your flag weight increases. A couple things. One, the higher your flag weight, the higher your flag goes in our queue. We have a queue. Like at any given time, like on Stack Overflow right now, let me just, it's been out of control actually lately. Uh, there's 124 active flags. That's a little low actually. It's been as high as like 400, mm -hmm. which is really scary. Because each one of those flags requires a certain amount of thinking by a moderator, I would say at least a minute. So okay. right then you're looking at two hundred minutes. Right here. Seriously, I an mean, actual that's... minute. I mean, this guy uses the f word. Can't the guy? That's not going to take a minute because to figure you kind out. Of have to look at the context. A lot of the flags are really complex. Somebody's flagging it because they don't like the other person, or there's they some are. social reason. Or I, I never know how to respond to those things. Wrong with the post. Yeah. I mean, um, one minute is very, very optimistic. Realistically, it's more like, gosh, a couple minutes. I mean, so some of them are trivial. It's just hard to figure out what they mean when they're, they're flagging something. Like, what, what on earth are you talking it's about? It's like the classic example of the book, Don't Make Me Think. When you flag something, somebody has to think about why did you flag this and what did you mean. And um, it can be really fast or it can be really slow. I would say one minute per is an absolute minimum. Um, the more flag weight you have, the higher your like I'm looking at the list of flags right now. If if somebody with a very high flag weight flags something, it goes to the absolute top of our list because they have a proven track record of flagging things that actually matter, that we follow up on, that makes sense. Uh, the converse is also true. If you flag inappropriately a bunch of times, eventually your flag kind of stops working. Like you can flag all day long and <laughs> nothing will kind of happen for you. Um, the other thing that, that happens here, which we've really, really avoided, 
One thing people ask for, and I think they don't really think through the consequences of what they're asking for, is as a high rep user, my votes should count for more. You know, like if I vote for something with 10,000 or 100,000 rep, that's like a super upvote, right? Yeah. That means it's really good. Oh, and I wanted to address that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't believe in that. Like, we don't think that's actually Correct. valid. We think every vote is more or less similar. It's, it's, a, it's a statistical, you know, game of, of how many people voted for it, more than, you know, this one special person cast their now special there is, vote. There, I, I want to interrupt there because that's something sure. I wanted to bring up, which is that um, uh, Hacker News has this algorithm, I believe, although they don't admit it, that when high u- high reputation users on Hacker News write a comment, their comments will have a temporary, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It gets like a temporary grace boost? period, a temporary boost where it appears in the top of the list no matter how it gets voted. And so essentially, and the problem they're dealing with is if you look at Reddit, every post by the time anybody gets there already has 7,000 comments and right. the last 6,000 can't be seen by anyone and are not getting voted on. Oh, I see. Yeah. So what, the, what what happens is you lose uh, very, very valid advice from very sp- people that you know are smart that just happens to be coming in kind of late. And I think that's a little bit less of a Stack Overflow problem because it's very rare for us to have so many answers that, that you can't well, see them all. We actually do have a solution for that. We show things in random order. When you have zero votes, they get shown in random order. The zero so assuming there's not tons of upvoted stuff... You know, which you shouldn't have. I mean, you have to realize our use case is so different. By the time there's thirty, we don't answers, have that many. Com- we don't have that many comments. Yeah, it's, it, it only happens on the very, very noisy things. Yeah, by the time it has thirty answers, the question is failing. I mean, it's it's no question has thirty answers. Right. right? Five, fine, ten, maybe even, but thirty, uh, no. That well, that that, that happens on uh, it happens on programmers. It happens on sites where there's like a lot of conversation. Programmers, even on programmers I mean. I don't know. I mean, I see what you're saying, and that's actually we do look at Hacker News. I do think that Paul Graham, you know, even though you know, I don't think he gets everything right. He's thinking about this a lot, and I do appreciate the insights that they're bringing to the table. Totally. Yeah. So <clears throat> let me come back to Flagweight. So uh, the more Flagweight you have, uh, the stronger the power of your flags, basically, in terms of going to the top of our queue, not making things happen. Somebody has to agree with your flag. You can still be wrong as a high dome. Is a hundred Flagweight the default? That's the hundred is kind of the default. Because um, I don't actually see anybody flagging anything that has a. So something kind of amusing happens with Flagway. So it's kind of linear until you get to 500, and then it goes asymptotic. <laughs> so from asymptotic. 507. Uh, pardon me? Asymptotic. Asymptotic? So am I saying yeah. it wrong? <laughs> okay. Well, you could say uh, asymptotic. No, you can't. No, it is it, asymptotic. It's You're right. He's I'm right. the king of mispronouncing things, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, so it becomes increasingly difficult to get it's to the king of mispronunciations. Mispronounce. Yes. It's, you put the different emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> you know, the, the movie Megamind has a very funny... Hello? Yeah, oh Hello? God. Did you see Megamind? I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, it was awesome. My kids, my, it's Metrocity. so great because he, he just can't pick up... He's so smart, but he can't pick up the phone and say hello. So he goes, hello? <laughs> my three-year-old runs around the house. Hello? Yeah, and it's not Metro City, Joel. It's Metrocity. Yes, it's Metrocity. <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. I love Megamind. Megamind is brilliant. I got to tell you, it's anyway, one of the best so, shows out there. It's very good. Uh, so yeah. the other thing that we've we've struggled with, and actually, Scott, you might find this amusing, is there's there really are three states for a flag. There's this flag was valid. This flag is yeah. completely invalid, which isn't that common, but does happen. Sometimes yeah. people flag things because they're like, "Oh, my question is really important, and I need an answer." I'm like, "I don't care. Invalid." <laughs> right. <laughs> like this is not a valid reason to flag your question. I don't care. And yeah. uh, the, but there is a third state, which is meh. Which is like, okay, it's not really valid. It's not really invalid. Yeah. But I don't want to like penalize you, right? Like I don't it's not valid. It's not invalid. It's just eh, you know. Yeah. And we've struggled this with this. Because it's almost like an implicit, like if you don't handle something, it becomes a meh. You know, over time it's like after three days it's a meh. Not enough people the, the, care. Oh. Uh, got it. And we haven't fully figured this out yet. This is I mean, don't forget that deciding whether a flag is valid or invalid is just one more piece of making moderators think. Uh, that's right. It is, and there's a lot of auto. Oh, but you can see if they acted. Wait, so if they if they edited something based on a flag or deleted something based on a flag, then you know that it was valid. That's right. It auto clears. No, no, you're right. Oh, that's, that's why that's I did where that. I was going. We there's okay. a lot of situations where even if the owner deletes their own post, that mm-hmm. clear that auto clears flags on the post too. They must have been valid, right? Say somebody flagged the post and they're like, oh look, this isn't an answer. You need to delete this. And somebody deletes it, then it gets cleared as valid automatically. Nobody, no human being has to interact with that. This stuff is pretty darn complicated. 
It is. And you know what? You know what's interesting is we're, we're building a shadow reputation for users. I don't really like to talk about this, but there's a dark side of Stack Overflow, which is your negative karma. There's the positive karma, which is your reputation score, which is what we show. And we try yeah. to focus on the positive, right? We're not trying to tear <laughs> anybody down. Um, but there's this evolving sense of shadow uh, negative karma that can follow you around like a black cloud. And certainly one of the main ways we measure that is how many times is your stuff getting flagged? Because every time your stuff is flagged, that's work for us, right? That's work yeah. for the people that run the site. It's work for other users that had to look sure. at your post, say, this is not correct. They had to flag it. They weren't able to answer. Like, you interrupted them. Like, there, there's a cost. There is a net cost to filling the world with just random crap, you know, that doesn't now I'm gonna, forward. This is fun. I'm going to look at I'm going to go look at all the people with the most negative karma. Do I have that in my moderator tools somewhere? I, I, I have a sure. question. I have yes, a question. Scott. And I don't mean to – don't take this as sour grapes. But you guys are so, like, intensely interested in this, like, like you're kind of dungeon masters in your own <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons game. Right. But, but – while I find it lowercase i interesting, yep. uh, the kind of the, the gaming mechanics of it, like the algorithmic whatever, uh, I'm I mean I'm surprised that you are still interested in this. How many years into it now are you? Eighteen don't months? Tell two him, years don't into tell it? Don't tell Jeff. Wait. Oh God, you're gonna break everything, Scott. <laughs> I mean, I just don't care. <laughs> well, but you like, do care in the sense I mean, that you know, and I don't mean that in a mean sure. way. I mean that in the in the, in the truest sense of Apple. Right, right. Let me no, tell no, you no. something. Let me that, tell you why you care, true. even though you don't think you care. Because when you when you go to Stack Overflow, the reason that Stack Overflow <laughs> here's why you're wrong <laughs> is because when you go to a page, <laughs> I love you, Jeff. It actually yeah. has you know useful the answer. It has the That's answer, right. and it's not filled with a bunch of BS, wrong wrongness or um, nastiness, and and. So I care because it works. You care because yes. just like you may not care that there's a police force, you may not care that there's firemen, you may not care that there's a government. Are you sure in your it city. works? I mean, from your perspective. But are you sure that it works as a result of your caring and not just works on its own? Well, oh yeah, it's government, right? So what we're doing is unlocking. Like, would Wikipedia suck less if they weren't so douchey? Well, <laughs> like, does the douchiness of Wikipedia <laughs> make it awesome? Yeah. Because Wikipedia is great, it, right? But there's you, huge assholes. You have assholes. to have standards. Well, well there's, actually, there's we don't allow assholes either. I mean, the question is, like, do you want the Wild West, right? I mean, I'm not saying you do, but I'm saying look at the extreme of this. It's like, okay, there's no rules. People can do whatever they want. I mean, this is sort of like a one-way ticket to Yahoo Answers, right? I mean, people do whatever they want. People post whatever they want. Right. And that's what you end up with. It's good for well, they mild have, amusement. Let me, Scott, there's something interesting we learned, which is a lot of people um, look at our point systems and our reputation systems and our badge systems and stuff like that. And, um, and they say... Uh, who cares about all this stuff? I don't even care about that. A lot of our users say that. A lot of our heaviest users are constantly saying, I don't care if you vote me up or not. I don't care about these points. And and that actually turns out to be true that, that I, th I think most people don't care about the points or the reputation or, or any of those badges. Mm -hmm. um, probably if I had to, I don't know, Jeff, you want to give an estimate of what percentage of people even care about the point, their points? It's, it's about half. Uh, I would say, I would say well, it's like, probably even like, less. Like this, here's something to think about. Yeah. Every time I log yeah. in, I get some kind of badge. And the only thing, yeah. the most irritating part is that that thing pops up and I have to dismiss <laughs> it. It's true. It okay, so most people, uh, most people, I, I would actually guess that a, a slightly smaller number care. I mean, a small number care intensely, a medium number like, oh, that's cool, I got more points. But most people are out. like, who the hell cares? Okay, but check this out, though. So I, 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 I am a laissez-faire user of Stack Overflow, right? I mean, a while back, I tried to go up there and get my reputation to 10,000, but I care about as much about my reputation on Stack Overflow as I care about my gamer score on Xbox, yeah. right? It's like, I believe at, at kind of my super ego that I could go in there and totally rock it. But you just don't care about that right now. But ultimately, I don't have the yeah. time. Sure. Right. So, believe whether it's true or not, I could make my gamer score on Xbox not suck uh, it helps me function by pretending that I could. So, you know, pretending that I might, in fact, uh, be John Skeet helps me get through the day. That said, I have 6,000 reputation, 57.98. That puts me in the top 6% overall. Wow. That means that the long tail yeah. is extremely oh, sure. long. Yeah, of course. So, so that means that the, the long tail is so long. I mean, seriously. Top six percent. That means you probably have three hundred really intense users. Maybe five hundred. Mm, probably three thousand. But yeah, 
Well, it depends on what you count as intense. For some value of intense. Right? So why not give me an I don't care button so that I can drop out of the ranking and then that that big fat that that that, that kind of right hand <gasps> side of the power become more interesting. Wait, what would I don't understand? That's fine, Why but would what would that accomplish again? I don't understand. I don't. I don't care. I don't want to be in the top six percent. Oh, you want to give Don't up your look points. at it. I mean, it, there's no. But what I'm saying is that that I'm still a part of the ranking. I'm in the. I'm in the. Don't algorithm. Worry, you're not very I want to opt out of the algorithm <laughs> so that things become more interesting for the top people. Oh, well, that, they are. We have all kinds of ways to make it interesting for them. We have like weekly leagues and monthly leagues and tag leagues and the people that care find ways to compete. Right, but I guess what I'm saying is that it doesn't make any sense that I'm in the top 6%. Like, apparently I'm in the top 1% of Twitter users. Yeah. You know, what does that make the other 99% Bots, feel like? Which they are. Well, yeah. getting back to your specific question, I mean, if you go to the users page, you'll notice that it's it's more time-based than it used to be. It's no longer this flat, all-time John Skeet always at the top list. If you go to the users page, just click mm-hmm. on the big users button at the top, you'll notice there's, okay, there's an implicit time there. scale there. And that actually um, adapts to the activity on the site. Like on Stack Overflow, it's going to be weak because there's so much activity. But on a lower volume site, it would be top <laughs> users of the month or the quarter. So it's much more dynamic. It's not the boring list of, you know, here's the same top 20 people that we've had for the last. Looks like John Skeet's getting his butt kicked. Here. Well, exactly. Is, this is my point. It's now much more interesting. Gosh, it's more dynamic. Um, but getting back to your, your your concern about like, okay, we're dungeon masters and we're building a system of rules. It, it's really just government, uh-huh. right? It's and, and I agree, it's not necessarily sexy. There's, I mean, I'm living in my house. I don't actually care about the local government of the city, right? But I know that that's why I have streets. That's why I have, you know, if there's a fire, firemen will come. If somebody robs me, I can call the police and they'll reliably show up here. There's like there's a reason the society mm-hmm. works and and I think for certain classes of people like for me it's very interesting that we're basically playing sim city right and we're saying like how do we build a city mm. that's sustainable that doesn't degenerate into like say yahoo answers and you know um and actually produces you know this 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 giant skyscraper of of really useful stuff i mean that's sort of the noble goal mm. and i think you can participate by just creating good content that's fine you don't have to care about all this stuff like i'm a good citizen like i don't rob mm-hmm. anyone i don't you know, vandalize other homes in the area. I care. I pick up. I see. A, I see. Mm-hmm. Like you're walking down the street. You see a piece of trash. You pick it up and you put it in the trash can. That's all that I'm saying. So we're building. We're putting out the trash cans, right? That's what these flags mm-hmm. are. And as you're walking down the street, you're like, oh look, piece of trash. I'm just this one time. I'm just gonna happen to pick up this piece of trash because I'm on my way to the store. I'm like doing things. I'm busy, right? I'm I'm, I'm a guy who's I have I have things to accomplish in my life. I don't have time to go clean up the city. But if every one of those people picks up a piece of trash, the city miraculously becomes very, very clean, right? It's a nice place to live. Whereas if the streets were full mm-hmm. of trash and nobody cared, then that's sort of a failure of the, 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 the urban planning in that city. So that's sort of where we're coming from. And I totally get the idea that it's not sexy. It's not like, you know, fun and interesting. But I think mm-hmm. you have to appreciate like sort of what the goal is, you know, um, and, and that is like creating systems of government online and systems of, 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 law basically of like how do we create content on the internet and how do we set up systems that can actually reliably create great content so you're saying that because i don't care about like trash doesn't change the fact that someone does care about trash and the trash goes out regularly every week and i should be happy for that sure even though i'm but not I into think, trash i think scott hanselman i i, I think I scott hanselman would pick up a piece of trash if you saw a piece of trash on stack overflow if you saw somebody post something really egregious like just spam you would flag it yeah, if it involved less than two clicks, I would. And, and that's do that. that's the art of this stuff is like, how do you make it so low friction? How do you put a piece of? How do you put a trash can on every corner? Yeah, yeah. Like for example, uh, like you know when Facebook added the like button for comments. Yeah. Like I don't know why that's useful or interesting. I mean, it's like I click like all the time because it's one click, and I would love to go and click the show me all the things I like button that doesn't exist. Like there's no doesn't way to do that. Doesn't show up in no your uh, feed on Facebook all the things you like. Um. I don't know if it shows up for comments, but it's just like you. It's like it's like poking. It's just stupid, right? You hey poke, eh. but, but it's one but click. I still click it though because it's one. Yeah, click. see, I mean, one one of the ideas about Stack Exchange is, or or and any kind of community system that's working, is that you have a wide variety of asks by which people can contribute to the to the common good. So, like on on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. the smallest thing you can do is correct a typo, even if you don't understand the article. You know, you can hit edit right. and try to figure out the markup language, and that's not that's not even the smallest thing. on On Stack Exchange, the smallest thing you can do is is you know vote up or ask a question. It's pretty easy, um, but but voting is you know a single click, 
and that's the smallest ask. And then the highest ask, I mean, there are all kinds of asks, like, hey, you can edit something if you think of a better way to do it. You can write an answer. You can create a whole new group using the Area 51 process. You can promote things. You can go on meta and participate in the governance. So there's a whole pyramid of asks with fewer and fewer people at each higher level, starting with, you know, the hoi polloi at the bottom, who all we're really asking is, is you know, one-click gesture that we can we can use a lot of those to get higher quality content. And at the highest level, um, you have to be Jeff Atwood. But one level below that, um, <laughs> you come and you get a job as a programmer working for our company or, or working on our community management team, and we actually pay you to spend 20, 24 hours a day uh, contributing to... No, to come on, Joel. Team. It's only like 12, not 12. Yeah, it's only... Only 12. All right, you're, maybe, maybe 16 on some days, but 12. <laughs> Depends. You, you, as, as if you're having nightmares about it, then that's 24 so another way I explain this, Scott, is like I'm a forest ranger and I'm very, you know, we have this public resource, which is a public forest that people can come and go camping and explore. And it's a natural resource, right? And I'm here to protect the natural resource. Like I'm, I'm invested because I love the forest. I think this is a, a, a wonderful resource for, for society, right? Like that's ultimately the kind of thing we're trying to create. So I'm a forest ranger, so I put on my forest ranger hat and I'm thinking about like, I'm telling people, look, you know, if you're going to start a fire, make sure you stamp out the embers. <laughs> Like, don't feed the bears. (laughs) I'm trying to really protect people from themselves, but I'm also there to protect the forest, right? Like, the thing that can't really speak. And and I think that's sort of the the elephant in the room is the quality of, like, why do people go to the forest? Well, it's beautiful, and it's well-maintained, and it's a natural, you know, God created it, right? But we're creating these things, and we have to protect them. And that's sort of the the real challenge is, is being the forest ranger. And I realize it's not for everyone. And people can come to the forest and just have a great time and not care about any of these stupid rules that we make up. But... You know, for for those interested in, you know, like like the 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 wilderness club or whatever the Sierra Club, um, that's the kind of stuff we get into. Um, we are almost out of time, so I, I got uh, to sort of wrap this up. Jeff, did you have anything else or urgent that we want to get in this? No, I think I've got enough crazy metaphors in for one day. Okay, I'm going to put in one, uh, my one sentence announcement, which is <laughs> we're starting to organize the next Stack Overflow Dev Days. Oh, that was my question for you, Scott. Um, when's the next PDC? Because we want to make sure that we conflict. The next Microsoft Developer Conference that is not necessarily named PDC, it's unclear what it will be named, is the 13th of 13th September. September in like Santa Clara or something, or no, uh, Santa Monica? In Anaheim. Disneyland. Oh man, we got to conflict with that. I'm, I'm booking all the rooms in Disneyland. Because uh, we're doing our own conferences, the Stack Overflow de- uh, Developer Days, which we which we did a couple of years ago, and we'll do uh, uh, those okay. a lot of fun, and we'll, get, we'll do them again, and I'll uh, make sure they don't conflict with that. And and um, mm-hmm. we're doing four this time, two-day conferences in London, okay. Washington, somewhere on the West Coast, not sure where, probably Bay Area, and Australia, mm-hmm. just to mix things up. Somewhere in Australia. Probably and we'll make Scott not. go to all these. Uh, and Scott, cool. Scott is invited. You can you can pay Tommy. <laughs> I am no problem. We got the, the the stock options. We can send you now, and uh, <laughs> I still got a pad of them on my desk. I used to pay people, and uh, uh, oh, and so uh, the, the, my quick announcement for our listeners is that we're trying to organize curriculum committees, which are basically people from the Stack community, Stack Overflow community, who want to help us uh, decide what the talks should be about, who should talk, who should speak. And if you're interested in that for any of the four cities, we can have four committees, one for each city, please go to meta.stackoflow.com and look for that tag, Dev Days 2011. Um, so, yes, Stack Overflow Dev Days, uh, and we need curriculum committees right now, and those, those conferences are coming up in September and October, and we'll make an effort not to conflict with the, that other Microsoft thing not to be called PDC. Scott, where can people find you on the Internet? They can Google for yeah, Scott. Yeah, Google for Scott, and you're the first. Oh, nice. I'm going to try you? that. I think I'm actually like sixth. It's the toilet paper guys that just keep coming. Oh, damn, Scott, yeah. Toilet tissue. Ooh, I got to tell you, you're below Scott's the fold awful. really for me, Scott. Uh, yeah. Almost. Are you almost. serious? I keep going up and down. We, we, you guys are both powerful bloggers because you just blog something and then at the bottom in white text and a white background just <laughs> link the word Scott to yeah, me. Yes, so we'll put that on. Because, We're going to deploy uh, that. I used to, be, I used to be sixth or seventh and now I'm just, it's a mess. I know. You're, you're failing all the Scots. Uh, it's at www.hanselman.com, uh, right? H A N S T L. Yeah, absolutely. Or they can find me on the Twitter. Or on the Twitter at Hanselman. It's actually Shanselman. Shanselman at I did it not to be egotistical. Nice. There you go. I felt that being the only Hanselman would have been rude. It's a little rude. The only Shanselman is awesome. Yeah, I think. Indeed. Yeah, well, thanks for being on, Scott. It was awesome. I'm going to go talk Rob down from the ledge so we can get that podcast out. 
That was not Yeah, let's get that podcast done. You have 74,477 readers according to Feedburner Scott. That's amazing. Uh, not amazing compared to Atwood. How many do you have Atwood according to Feedburner? Uh, it varies. 100,000, I think. Not that I'm keeping <laughs> not that there's a leaderboard. Right? 111,000. Yeah. Nice. Bet I don't have. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not saddled with content. <laughs> I know. I just quote a bunch of stuff and some pithy <laughs> phrases. Yes, pithy. I think if he was being quite yeah. pithy. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. See, see you next week. Click. <laughs> see you next week. Hey, you guys. Uh, is that Scott Hanselman? Well, yeah. So um, I'm in my car on oh. the Skype on the iPhone. Wow, I'll be home in bad. about five minutes. Okay. Okay, that's fine. But I thought okay. we could use this time to talk about whatever the hell you want me to talk about so yeah. I can get planning. You know? Well, this is about as good as our podcast ever gets. So this is it. This is the, this is the content of the podcast. No, that's, that's I hope good. That, no, I mean, I'll be home in a minute with a decent microphone. Okay. You sound pretty good. I like, Your mic is not so bad. That's an iPhone? I'm on, an iPhone really over three, I'm on an iPhone over 3G with a headphone, uh, with a, you know, a Zune headphone. and I'm in, I'm in, great. Really? Yes. I'm in line at Jack in the Box. They shouldn't have stopped making those Zune, Zune headphones. And, and Scott, for a diabetic, Zune? you eat some of the crappiest food. No, no, no. I'm getting a salad. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do they, they still have the E. coli salads at Jack in the Box? Uh, actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was here to get an Asian chicken salad for my wife, and they canceled it. So I made the mistake of using the word simulacrum and asked the gentleman, <laughs> if, could you could help me put together some kind of a simulacrum of an Asian chicken salad? And he was like, he was like, what? What? You want a chicken sandwich? And I'm like, no. Dude, you're so lucky you're not banned from the Jack in the Box. <laughs> I'm like, really? Simulacrum? That's not, you don't use it every day there, Jack in the Box guy? No, it's, anyway. not, it's not Taco Bell where it's just different combinations of the same seven ingredients. Are we recording this? I hope so. Everything's getting recorded. And then we'll oh, all get jumbled up over. to make it sound like we all we all hate test-driven development at the end. Oh, good. That makes sense. Yes, we should make sure that uh, we keep the legend of Joel alive. <laughs> what, what else? What else? You know, the t- I, ex- what, exceptions, apps Hungarian, te- test-driven development. What else can I can I be controversial about? Um, you right. could uh, – someone wants – wanted to know if Stack Overflow would have succeeded if Joel and Jeff were not behind it. Oh, of course not. Like, did, did you bootstrap it on your personality? Well, well, yeah, what if it was like, I mean, can you imagine if some, if like Charlie Cheever and Adam D'Angelo had made Stack Overflow? Who are those people? <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. Are they like guest stars on Gilligan's Island? I have no idea. <laughs> the characters? <laughs> they, they were in the original TV show The Louds on PBS in 19... 19- 78, a, a reality television show about the the Loud family. No, I have I'm, no idea who that is. I, I'm just kidding. It's the founders of Quora. <laughs> <laughs>